0: Welcome to Crosspoint this morning. Uh, Some of you may be wondering, is this guy the normal pastor? That answer is no. He is much smaller and normal-sized. So uh, Shane is not here today. He's taking about a two-week sabbatical. So you have me today, and you get PA next week, and we would both like you to know that you are welcome. (laughs) All right. Um, So today... uh, going to be talking a little bit about vows, about making promises. How many of you, I want you to hear me out in this situation, have made this promise, right? It's the, listen, if you just give me blank, I will never ask for anything again, right? If I can just have whatever it may be, I will never ask for anything ever again. See, for me, it was a guitar, right? Right, babe? I told my wife a couple, man, she's already mad at me. Uh, I told my wife a couple years ago. I was like, "Babe, I need an acoustic guitar. Um, I just I need one. I'm gonna learn how to play it. It's gonna be awesome. I can sing a little bit. Then we'll be able to lead worship, and it will be swell." And she's like, "Paul, you are not gonna use this guitar." And I, oh <laughs> contraire, lady, all right, I will use this guitar. You give me this guitar. I will prove it to you. I will practice every single day. I will, uh, I will play like like nobody's business, and I will never. Never ask for anything again. Well, uh, I don't know if you've seen that. I've never played guitar up here before. Uh, But that guitar looks an awful lot like a softball bat right about now. Uh, And that bat is nice. (laughs) Okay, but the guitar came out of the case like three times. Um, It's one thing to break a promise or break a vow to a mortal human being. It's a lot worse if you break a vow to your wife because then each time you're like, babe, can I get? She's like, remember that guitar, how you were going to use it? Are you going to use this? Yeah, babe, I promise. I don't think you will. And then you have to like, you know, more and more and more and more and try to convince her that you will, in fact, use that guitar. So it's one thing to break a vow to, to someone you love or a friend or anything like that. It's completely different to break a vow when we're dealing with God. And Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 7 deals with that, and that's where we are this morning, okay? So this is what those verses say. It says, Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near, to listen, is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, for dreams come with much business. Uh, or busyness, it could be, I suppose, and fool 's voice and a fool 's voice with many words. when you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying for it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one that you must fear. Okay, so this passage starts out with what I like to call a check yourself before you wreck yourself warning. Okay? And I just have to warn you ahead of time, too, that you are going to get a lot of these awesome, like, 90s, early 2000s sayings, not because I myself am awesome and and still am stuck in that time period, but because it's, like, directly in the scripture, and I had so much fun, like, studying this. Okay? So, just saying. It starts out with a check yourself before you wreck yourself warning. It's, It's... A warning that we are to guard our steps when you go to the house of God. That's what verse 1 says. It says, To draw near, to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. It's our responsibility, okay, to understand who we're dealing with when we come before God to make a vow. Okay, we're talking about the Lord Almighty here, the King of Kings. Okay, we, when we are in his presence, are on holy ground. Lots of places still around the world, they require uh, pastors when they go to the pulpit to remove their shoes, okay? It was an ancient show of understanding that I'm in holy ground now. I'm, I'm, I'm not bringing the dust from all these unholy places I've been to where I am now. So it's our responsibility to understand that we are dealing with God, okay? And being in the presence of God is not a right. It's a privilege. It truly is. So when we make a vow with God we have to also understand that we need to be completely aware of who he is. That responsibility lies on you. Verse 2 goes on to say, Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter words before God. For God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. There's a famous quote. Lots of people attribute it to Mark Twain. Lots of people attribute it to Abe Lincoln. Uh, pretty similar, a little bit off as far as wordage goes, but it's basically this. It's better to keep quiet and let others think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. So how does that fit here? So many times we approach God and we come with this attitude of, God, this is what I'm going to do, and God, help me with this, and I'm going to do this and that and this and that and this and that and we set ourselves up on this high pedestal and don't meet any of the expectations. We find that we fall flat. See, it's better to go to God and ask God, what would you have for me, than to tell God what you have for him. Those that listen never typically, I should say, make fools out of themselves. We all know what assuming does, right? I'm not going to say, but look it up. Ask PA. He'll tell you. Making a vow often equates in our lives to petitioning God. And the problem is really that we've been taught to pray wrong. It's been handed down to us generation after generation. We, we, we make vows to petition God. God, if you bless me with fill in the blank, then I will do this for you. God, if, if, if you just give me this one thing that I want, I will do whatever you want. But that's not how prayer should work, right? Prayer should fall in that, that line of the give me my daily bread. It's God, what do you have for me? And if we approach God that way, then we can be sure that we never break a vow that we make to God. Because if we break a vow to God, we will be held accountable. Verses, uh, Ecclesiastes, verses 4 through 6, the first half of 6 says this. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay in paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. You pay what you owe. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. You guys ready for another one of those awesome sayings? You ready? I can, the anticipation, I can, like, the energy in this room, I can feel it. It's exhilarating. All right? Don't let your mouths write a check. Oh, I'm messing this up. Do not let your mouths write a check that your butts can't cash. Did I say that right? I said that right, okay? Don't write a check that your butt can't cash, right? Do not write a check that you cannot cover. Don't go to God and tell God, God, this is what I'm going to do. If there's no way that you can possibly do that, it doesn't work that way with God, you see? Because when we make a vow, it's binding. Jericho's little brother Isaac made a vow to God a couple years ago, okay? And this is one of those, I think, goofy vows. Uh, Not exactly biblical, but he made an agreement with God the first time he tore his ACL, this is what he told God, and he shared it with us. He said, I told God, God, if you will help me recover from my ACL, if, if you honor all the effort I put into this, and I can make it back before the start of next football season, I am going to grow my hair out for the rest of that year. Oh, And while he honored that vow, he looked Horrible. Because not a razor would touch that man's head, okay? I'm talking like he had like six-inch hairs growing from his neck, all right? This guy was like, listen, this is what I told God I'm going to do, and so I'm going to do it. And while we look at that and we think, you know, that's kind of goofy. I'm not real sure that you're back on the football field because you promised to grow your hair out. The admirable thing is that he stuck to it. Okay, because when we make God a promise... We need to keep that promise. That works in relationships that we have with people as well. I'm a firm believer that if you tell somebody that you will do something, you need to do that thing. Whatever it may be. Because it's that those situations that build the expectations in our relationship and build trust and build love and build hope that when you tell a person, hey, I'm going to do this, they trust and they know that you will do that. You become somebody that they can depend on and that is a relationship that cannot be broken. People can forget a lot of things about people, but I guarantee you, I always remember the people in life that were honest with me, that loved me and that did what they said they were going to do. That's a quality that as Christians we should all strive for because it's a quality in our world that is ever more not common in today's society. Okay, so when we make a vow with people and we make a vow with God, we need to keep our promise. We need to do what we say that we're going to do. Because it goes on to say in in those verses we just read, it says that you should not make a, uh, it's better, sorry, that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let your mouth not lead you into sin and say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Okay? We don't get to claim that things are a mistake just because we maybe got a little ahead of ourselves and we got excited. There's no situation where we get to say, well, you know, God, uh, I didn't really mean that I was going to do that. You know, there's no, God, I, I just got a little ahead of myself. I got excited. I'm sorry that I promised you that this would happen, but it's not going to. Okay? That doesn't work with God. And it doesn't really work with people either. It goes on in verses 6b through 7, and it says that, Why should we give God a reason to be angry at our voice and destroy the work of our hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one you must fear. One thing I want us all to understand. Broken vows cause broken relationships. Broken vows cause broken relationships. Whether that be with God or that be with somebody in your life, when you break a vow, you damage your relationship. And all those memories that you have together, all those instances where you came through and you built trust, when you make a promise with somebody that you were going to accomplish something and you don't, it makes everything null and void. You find yourself in a situation where you're having to build that trust back up, where you're having to bring meaning back to your past, to your history. Okay, whether that may be um, a simple telling your boss, listen, I, you know, I, I'll finish this project at this time. Next time, they're not going to trust you with that project. Or whether you break a marriage vow... And you and your spouse struggle to be with one another, to be around each other, and have to f- fight and claw back to the place that you were before that took place. It is snowing in Crosspoint Fellowship, everyone. Also, that's pretty gross. Um, sorry. <laughs> ADHD. Kicking in. Uh, squirrel. Um, w- squirrel. <laughs> This is going great. Uh, we 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 have to build back and start from ground zero again. And all that time and all that effort, what was that for? For nothing. You know, I, I when I was studying this passage, I, I hung up on on this last verse where it says that why give god a reason to be angry with you and destroy the work of your hands and when i first read it i thought it was this figurative notion right that it was just talking about the the principle that i just shared that that when you when you let God down, when you tell him, hey, I'm going to do this, and you don't do this, that it's one of those things where emotionally you have to build back up that trust, and you have to build back up that relationship so that in the end, you know, people will trust you, that when you say you will do something, that you will in fact do it. But this is literally talking about God destroying the work of your hands. This this is physical possession, okay? every, (laughs) Every commentary I dove into, every pastor I asked, every... Google search I did ended up in one spot. That when we promise God something and we break that vow, that we lift ourselves up to the opportunity of having the work of our hands destroyed, of losing everything. It's kind of a hard thing to hear because in my mind, I don't honestly necessarily know if it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you took from me what you promised, so I'm taking from you what I gave. Or just, you, you wrote a check that you couldn't cash, and so here's the payment for that. But we open ourselves up to a lot of heartache and a lot of pain when we make promises that we can't keep. As Christians, honesty and, t- and integrity are two things that we should always have, and it's two things that people can't take away from us. My integrity, just on a personal level, is extremely important to me. I can be poor. I can be sick. I can lose everything in my life. But if I have integrity, if people know that I can be trusted, then in my mind, I have everything. Because all these virtues that we talk about needing, love, hope, and faith... It's all wrapped up together. Okay, there can be no love without trust. There can be no faith without trust. How can you have hope in someone or something that you have no trust in? To me, I don't think you can. As cross-pointers, as Christians, as a church we need to be able to back up our word. We need to make sure that when we tell people this is something that we're going to accomplish, that we accomplish that thing. Because it goes beyond telling a little white lie. Or it goes beyond just getting a little ahead of ourselves. Our actions represent the actions of Christ. Okay? And if people say, those Christians, they're unreliable, then they're going to say, that Jesus, he's unreliable. So let's do what we say we're going to do when we say that we're going to do it. Simply put, okay, simply put, talk is cheap, actions are always louder than words. Talk is cheap, and actions are always louder than words. So before you find yourself in a situation that you don't want to be in, respect God, slow your roll a little bit, let's not get ahead of ourselves, and let our actions speak for themselves. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, I come to you right now. I thank you for today. I thank you for Crosspoint. I thank you for each and every person that is here in this moment. God, I pray that you help us to be people of actions, that... that we understand that we need to approach you in our lives, God, that we need to seek you for guidance, that we're not here to play let's make a deal. That's not what our relationship is about. Our relationship is about hearing what you have for us and following that vision. And God, I pray that as, as we strive to be the people that you would have us to be, as we strive to be Christ-like, that you make us people of action, that what people can trust and know that, hey, when we say we're going to do something, that we will follow through. That not only can they trust us, God, but that they can trust you as well. Because, God, you are our Father. You do love us. And you want what's best for us. God, I just lift up each and every individual here today, God. I pray that whatever struggle they may be going through, that you uh, work in that situation, God, that you are ever-present, that they feel your presence, that they know that you are there with them. Help us to be people who do before we say. In your son's name we pray, amen.